0: The, the whole premise of at capacity is, is simply uh, this. Let me see if I can illustrate it. Uh, there's a, a saying um, that I've heard many times called, uh, I've got a hot iron on the fire right now. Anyone hear that? I've got a hot iron. Okay, three of us. Awesome. <laughs> That is so great. I've got a hot iron on the fire. Um, and, and basically what that means is whatever I'm, I'm working on, whatever, it, there's something in my life that's demanding my attention. It's demanding my attention. And, and it could be anything. Uh, it could be work-related, school-related, health-related, relationally-related. It, it's just demanding it. And for the most part, Uh, All of us have lived enough life to where we can pretty much handle one hot iron, but we live in something called life and we never deal with one. Uh, We're usually dealing with a minimum of two. You're at work. And the school calls. you got to come deal with your kid. Uh, You're in a meeting, and your wife calls. uh, And she's number one, so what do we do here? Um, There's always at least two. You're trying to get to work, and there's 50 red lights. There's there's always at least two. Are you with me? But this is, for the most part, once again, uh, we can handle two things that are kind of hot, but it gets real interesting when you've got a few irons on the fire. Uh, this is where most of us live, right here. We've we've got a few things that are hot. We've got something at work that's hot, and there's something at home that's kind of a big deal. And then there's something that's usually for for someone in here. It may be this this part of your life that uh, you're ashamed of, you're embarrassed of, and uh, but this is this is going on over here. Um, but but if. If that were it, that'd be nice, but there's always one big mama that comes out of nowhere. And and now you're dealing with all these hot irons on the fire. And, and it's like every time you start paying attention to one, something over here starts burning. And, and you ever notice that when something starts burning, you always smell it first? You don't even know what it is. You're just like... You ever come home or you're in the office and, and, and somebody you know real well, you just look at them and go, are you mad at me? <laughs> it's like, s- 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 somebody- I smell something here. Something's not right. Something's not right. And, and this is called being at capacity. This is when things are Wow, this is this is overwhelming. And so, uh, last week uh, we kind of dived into it because there's a guy named Daniel. Uh, in chapter one of the book of Daniel, we're going to be reading in chapter two of that book. If you want to turn there real quick, but in 605, <coughs> excuse me, in 605 BC, uh, the Babylonians uh, attacked Jerusalem. Um, and I talked about this last week, but just as a recap, when they attacked them, they didn't want to destroy them and just wipe them off the face of the earth. Instead, they wanted to overtake them, uh, change the way they think, change their culture, and and begin to adopt them as slaves. And so there was this young man named Daniel, because um, there were, he actually had three friends, but King Nebuchadnezzar, the the Babylonian ruler, uh, he would get the young men and he would begin to train them uh, on kind of a mentoring uh, one-on-one basis. And because his thinking was, if I can get the young men uh, to go in the direction that I want, I can get the families to eventually follow them. And so Daniel, he was okay with the fact that he had to learn the Babylonian language. Um, he was okay with the fact that there was a certain type of clothing uh, that they wore, the Babylonians wore in their culture, that he now had to start wearing. He was okay with that as well. Um, there was a, a, they actually wanted to give him new names. And he said, I can work with that as well. Um, but like I talked about last week, there was one thing where he said, no, I, I can't go along with that. And that was he was supposed to eat the food from the king 's table, so when the King sat down to eat these uh, these interns, if you will, these young men in training, they had to sit at the table and eat with them and he said i, I don 't want to eat that food." And the reason why he didn't want to eat that food because it was because that food came from uh, the food that they offered up to their God. Now, their God uh, was a statue. So the statue couldn't eat um, the the ribs that they were laying down before him or whatever they presented to him. And so after they presented it, they'd pick it up and they would bring it to the king and the king would eat it. Um, But Daniel said, look, if, if I eat that food... Uh, then it's going to be like I'm looking to that king as my source, and he's not my source. So I don't want to eat that food. And so they were going to chop his head off, uh, but God caused them to have favor on him. He actually turned their heart, and that's what I talked about last week. That was in chapter 1. Well, in chapter 2, you can almost imagine Daniel going, whew, That was close. Dear God, thank you. Have you ever had those seasons in your life where you're like, man, I know that God helped me in that situation. Are you ever there? I know that he helped me. Um, And it's usually very humbling because none of us, you know, pray enough to deserve this godly intervention, but he intervenes not because we pray a lot, but because he loves you a lot. Isn't that awesome? So uh, he's not up there going, well, you haven't talked to me in a long time. I'm not going to get involved in your life. It, you just trying to pursue him, even if your effort is feeble, it, it, that compels him to want to be in your life. And so uh, here Daniel is like, whew, man, God save me. And as he's still enjoying the moment, tick tock, it's chapter two. Who's at the door? He opens the door, and it's King Nebuchadnezzar's soldiers again. They look at him, and they say, you come with me. You're one of the wise men that's being trained, and the king wants all of the wise men dead. He's like, why? Why? I thought we talked about this already. Well, this is a completely separate issue now. This has nothing to do with the food. This has nothing to do with the chitlings. This has nothing to do with the steak that you didn't want to have. This has nothing to do with the bean burritos and the tamales. This is a completely different issue. Well, what's the issue? Well, the king had a dream. And he was so rattled by this dream that he looked at all of his wise men and said, not only do I want you to interpret the dream, but I want you to tell me what I dreamed. And then interpret the dream. We got ticked off because all of these astrologers and magicians and wise men couldn't figure it out. So he wanted all the wise men dead and all the students that were trying to become wise. You're of no use to me. I want you all dead. And so Daniel's like, no, I got to die again. How many times does a guy have to like a cat has nine lives, and so he's like freaking out. And so let me pick up right there. Let me get my Bible for my wife. For those of you that don't know, Allie, Allie, turn around, wave at everybody, and that's my wife and best friend. Um, So this is Daniel chapter two, verse ten. The astrologers replied to the king, "No one on earth can tell the king his dream." And no king, however great and powerful, has ever asked such a thing of any ma- magician, enchanter, or astrologer. The king's demand is impossible. It's impossible. No one except the gods can tell you your dream and they do not live here among people. Verse 12, the king was furious when he heard this, and he ordered that all the wise men of Babylon be executed. And because of the king's decree, men were sent to find Daniel and kill his friends. So here we got Daniel that goes from sitting down on his couch, relaxing, celebrating the fact that he's not going to die, to goes from nothing to capacity in a moment. Has your life ever gone from smooth to chaos in a moment? I just want you to know that God sees that and he is walking right with you. He's walking next to you and he is intervening even when you don't realize it is with you. And so here Daniel, he backs up and he says, okay, all right, this is what, this is what we're going to do. Um, and then he did four things. I'm going to share those four things with you. The first thing was his initial decision. See, whenever chaos comes, boom, it never announces itself. You don't get an email, hey, tomorrow at two o'clock in the afternoon... You don't get that. Everything's going to go well. You're going to go up for a traditional health checkup with your primary physician and it's just going to be like any other checkup until bammo. Sir, we need you to check in. Well, what's wrong? Well, we found something. What did you find? Well, I'm not allowed to tell you. What? <laughs> Have you ever had a doctor tell you that? Oh, here, no here's, here's my favorite uh, Mr. Mazzopica? Uh yes uh, yes we did find something on the x-ray yeah well, well what'd you find I can't tell you well is it good or is it bad well uh, I can't tell you you just have to come in well if I have to come in should I just assume that it's bad I'm sorry I can't tell you that are you with me anyone with me so anyway so the first thing you want to do is walk over there and like who's the girl who called me I just (laughs) and then uh, yeah yeah you're you're with me okay so so the the initial decision on how we respond because here's the deal this is what we want to do our initial decision is look woman you called me you're looking at the paper read it (laughs) are you with me okay so that's our initial decision so when the first thing i'm gonna talk about is what is our initial knee-jerk decision what do we do when it's like bam it comes out of nowhere i would like to challenge you and challenge myself especially i'm italian so this is this point is probably the hardest of all four it's our initial reaction this is what daniel did it's so so cool almost like jedi level watch this when Arock, the commander of the king's guard, had gone out to put to death the wise men of Babylon, watch this, here it comes. Daniel spoke to him with wisdom and tact. Daniel, you got to come with me. It's time to die. <laughs> Calm, cool, collected and began to speak to him with wisdom and tact. In other words, he didn't lose his ever living mind. See, here's the scripture in the Bible in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. It says this, when I was a child, I thought as a child. I reasoned as a child. I spoke as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. I think there has to be a certain point where we realize that we've lived enough life to know that this stuff is going to come out of nowhere. Capacity is going to come out of nowhere. And we have lived enough life to realize that when we just react and say the first thing that comes to our mind, we end up paying for that some way, somehow. Are you with me? We end up paying for that some way, somehow. And we just got to back up and say, God, chaos seems to be a thread in this world. The Bible says that as long as you're on this world, you're going to have trouble. Chaos seems to be a thread. When this happens, Lord, some way, somehow, can you help me respond with wisdom intact? Do you know what a good working definition of wisdom is? To see your present situation in a greater context. Help me to understand that that there's more going on here. And the wise among us see the peripheral. They have more information. They have studied or learned, or their experience, or or whatever. Uh, They they just know there's more going on. Um, I love it when uh, I see kids act like adults. It's not funny when you see adult act like a kid. But it is funny to see a kid act like an adult. And th- this is not serious, but it's just for fun. Um, uh, and then I'll go to the second point. But let's take a, a quick commercial uh, timeout to, to watch this illustrated via video. Check this out. <laughs> ready or are you just going to watch us laugh? I think we're done. So cute. I love that. That little boy. I love that. But number two, the second thing that he did was that he was incredibly dependent on God. Can I say this? That when this happens, when this happens right here, and we just want to go bong, 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 or bing, 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 when chaos is happening and we're at capacity and we're finding raccoons in our trash can, Anyone with me? You're finding raccoons, Paige and Rue, you know what I mean, right? They're just raccoons. and Where do they come from, dear God? (laughs) I'm going to chase a raccoon real quick. Um, Not a rabbit, a raccoon. I I set a trap for a raccoon and caught the thing. I'm just going to tell you, you catch a raccoon and you get within two feet of that thing, you realize that demons don't hang out in hell. (laughs) They, th- they hang out in raccoons. Those things are d- possessed. <laughs> possessed. Anyway, I realized I could catch a raccoon every single night. I put the trap out there, I put Reese's pieces in there, bam, raccoon. Next night, raccoon. Next night, raccoon. I said, I quit. So I just got, I have three garbage cans and I fill them all up just a little bit so that the raccoons can't take it out. I put bungee cords on. These raccoons are like What in the world? There's like a, a street gang of raccoons where I live. They got signs and stuff. All right, moving right on, what am I talking about? Oh yeah nothing about raccoons. So when these things, what we depend on when chaos is happening, when it's going nuts, isn't it interesting that the raccoon in the house or the mouse in the house or whatever, it always comes when you've already got things going on. Do you know what I'm saying? It's the day this is going on and you realize that you forgot to put the trash out. It's like, ah, Right. So here's the thing, once we cross that initial bridge of trying to respond with some wisdom intact, in other words, it's like, (laughs) now the initial shock is over, now who do you depend on? Can I just say this? Everything depends on who you depend on. Everything depends on who you depend on. If you experience chaos and you're like, I can figure this out, I can figure this out, hold on, I can figure this out, I can figure this out, hold on, hold on, I can do this, I can do this, I can just tell you, your whole life is just going to be filled with. If that phone calls for me, tell them I'm busy. Uh, it's just crazy but here's the thing if you back up and you go okay God And sometimes this conversation is in the car. Sometimes it's in the restroom. Sometimes it's in the meeting in your head. Sometimes we think that prayers have to be an hour long or we don't pray at all. No, 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 no. No, God, I need some help. I'm depending on you. I am needing you. I need you, dear God. Dear God, I need you. And I'd like for you to write this down that what we pay attention to will ultimately determine our direction. And so if we're paying attention to this and we're stressed out about this and it's our kid or our health or our finances and this dumb raccoon, our life and our mindset and our emotions and our whole world will naturally gravitate in this direction. But if all this is happening and we're saying laser focus on God, then and only then will we understand that verse, that peace passes understanding. Um, does anyone here know how to snow ski? Go ahead and raise your hand. You know how to snow ski? Come on, raise your hand. Let me see it. Do you know how to snow ski? I know we're in Texas, but come on. I, 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 don't, I don't like snow skiing because my, my, my wife uh, snowboards, and that's, co- that's cooler than snow skiing. And uh, she goes down the mountain backwards going, come on, baby, come on. Come on, baby. I mean, she's a Canadian. She grew up, uh, she she was born on a snowboard. (laughs) On a snowboard. (laughs) So, you know, I'm a, I'm a blue-blood Texan. I moved here, not a blue-blood, but I moved here when I was 12. I don't know anything about skiing. Uh, I, it's on the National Geographic, I think. But uh, anyway, I, I went up to Vancouver or I went to somewhere and I, I took ski school many years ago. And uh, the, it's, it's humiliating. They put this orange vest on so everybody knows you don't know what you're doing. And and they say, this way, this way. And you're like this. And you're trying to walk. And, of course, you fall down. You ever try to get up in skis and poles? (laughs) Not going to happen. Not going to happen. And then they bring you to the bunny hills. (laughs) And down we go. And the lady said, if you want to turn left. I'm like, forget left. How do you stop? (laughs) She goes, you make a pizza. So she's yelling at me, Frankie, pizza, Frankie, pizza, make a pizza, Ah, pizza, pizza. She goes, when you want to turn, the first thing you got to do is look in the direction that you want to go. Ah, ah." And she says, when you look in that direction, your body weight will naturally, ah, Your body weight will naturally begin to pull you in that direction. Can I just say that that, that principle may as well be in the Bible? Because what you focus on what will ultimately be the direction that you go in. Amen. If you're mad at the world, get comfortable in your mad chair because you're going to be there a while. Are you with me? Because crazy is a constant Crazy is everywhere. It's, all, it's everywhere. Take your cell phone and throw it in the toilet and break your laptop and go live on Mars. And you will still find crazy. Except they're going to be walking around like this. You can't avoid crazy. So we may as well decide what are we going to do when the crazy comes knocking. If crazy is going to come, we're just going to stay laser focused on God. And how do we do that? We're just constantly a million one-sentence prayers a day. Point number three. Uh, this is probably my, my favorite point. Is the discipline. The secret to power will always be praying in secret. Watch this verse, I I love this verse. In Galatians chapter three, verse three, it says, how foolish can you be after starting your Christian lives in the spirit? Why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? So you started your relationship with God. Dear God, I'm gonna make you the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm so sorry for my sins. You started, but then crazy came. (laughs) Now you're going to, uh, hold on, and you're going to work on this on your own? Paul, you know, he, he doesn't put sugar on anything. He says, how foolish are you going to be? Are you are you, are you a fool? Come on, fool. Hey, what's wrong with you? He said, you started off in the spirit. You started off leaning on God, and then, and, uh, and now you block everything else out. And what you focus on naturally gets bigger. You know, it's, it's a, a fascinating thing when, when, we, when we do this because uh, when we watch Daniel, what he did is that he constantly prayed. He went home three times a day. And not all of us can do that, obviously, We'd get fired. <laughs> but he went home three times a day, he prayed three times a day, he opened up his window, he had a tradition and watch this, he always mingled thanksgiving and supplication together. Now what does that mean? That means sometimes he was saying thank you for my car, well not his car, thank you for my donkey. Uh, (laughs) That means sometimes we're, we're saying thank you, thank you for my air conditioning. Thank you for my carpet. I'm talking just get yourself saying thank you and the more important things will come to the surface. Just get your mouth open. If you haven't prayed in a while, it feels like your jaws are made of steel. You're saying, I want to pray. I need to pray. But getting a word out of my mouth just seems so hard. Have you ever been there? Oh, yeah, I just came to somebody's front door just then. I can't get it out of my mouth. Just say thank you for my shoes in my shirt and the Holy Spirit will bring things to your mind and he mixed them together so you say thank you and then you ask for things supplication is asking for things well I don't want to ask for things because I haven't talked to him in two weeks And, and, and I don't want to ask come on he's not a human being He's your father. He made you. He created you. He already knows your needs before. He just wants to be invited into the situation. So mix thanksgiving and prayers together. Uh, I I was reading earlier this week about somebody who had a parakeet. And she decided that she was going to clean her parakeet cage with a vacuum. Uh, Yeah, it happened. What you're thinking happened, happened. She's got the vacuum in the parakeet cage. She runs over and pulls the wire out of the wall. She opens up the vacuum, pulls out the parakeet freaking out. She washes the parakeet. Puts it under the sink. <laughs> <laughs> trying to save her poor bird. She sets it up puts it back in. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It's just someone asked her, how's your parakeet? She goes, well, my parakeet's doing fine. She just doesn't sing anymore. Kind of been through it. (laughs) Now after I got done laughing my head off, my mind saw the natural parallel. I don't know if you've ever been sucked through a vacuum. I have, not literally, but I've just been living my life. (laughs) Have you ever been there? shouldn't open that email wow and then what what happens when we've been rocked like that do we come walking in the church and go i am a friend of god no we're like and, and people say hey how are you it's good I'm, I'm good I'm good and we're still trying to catch our breath and, and then a week goes by and two weeks go by and a month goes by a year goes by and, and what we find is that we're not singing anymore we're not, we're not praying anymore we're not worshiping anymore and, and, and that's what happens we, we get rocked and, and I just want to just say I, I don't want to minimize that moment in your life But you and I can live our entire life in any city, in any country. doesn't matter. The only way we are going to be able to handle this life on this earth is with God and with a relationship with God. And when we are at capacity, we've got to realize everything depends on who we depend on. And the secret to power is praying in secret. Here's the last and final point, is deliverance. In Second Chronicles chapter 16 verse 9, if you've been to our church more than a few times, uh, you've heard this and I don't know if we said this earlier. If you're a guest here, give us one year of your life. Just give us one year. I promise you, you'll never be the same. And you will hear this verse over and over again from me. In 2 Chronicles 16, verse 9, it says, The eyes of the Lord, I don't want you to look at the screen. I want you to look at me. The eyes of the Lord go back and forth through the whole world, looking for people that are faithful. Let me put it in the Frankie International Version. Looking for people who will not give up. Just back back and forth. Back and forth. Back and forth doesn't look for perfect people. He looks for the people that go, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Oh, I shouldn't have thought that. Dear Lord, would you please forgive me? I love you so much and just keep going and keep going. And when all this is happening and all this is happening and all this is happening, but you're just saying, I'm, Lord, I'm just gonna keep worshiping me. If, if I do all of these things bad, I'm gonna at least worship you good. I'm not gonna be the parakeet that stops. I'm just gonna keep worshiping you good. The Lord goes, oh, there you are there you are searches for the faithful so that he can come show his strength in their life i know i'm looking at a whole bunch of faithful people here because you're here this morning you're here this morning and some of you had to ride the feeder roads all the way here because highway 45 was closed this morning and you had to ride the feeder you could have very easily turned around You could have very easily said, well, let's just go to Crackle Barrel. It's just a little bit more north. You could have very easily done that, but there's this faithful part of your DNA that just kind of keeps on going. And I want to let you know that in Daniel's situation, when he stayed focused, watch what happens here. It was amazing. God stepped in. Let me read it to you. In Daniel chapter two, verse 46, then King Nebuchadnezzar threw himself down before Daniel and worshiped him and commanded his people to offer sacrifices and burn sweet incense before him. Now, later on, Daniel said, stop worshiping me, worship God. But watch this, in verse 47, the king said to Daniel, truly your God is the greatest of gods. The Lord over kings and revealer of mysteries For you have been able to reveal this secret. Now, some of you came to church this morning just to hear this verse. Watch this. Verse 48. Then the king appointed Daniel to a high position and gave him many valuable gifts. Daniel who's going through chaos, he's about to lose his life, decides to do a few simple things and respond patiently, keep on praying and depending on God. And God decides, watch this, watch this. All of a sudden he gets promoted and things and gifts are given to him. You know what the Bible says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33? If you seek first the kingdom of God, the other things will be given to you. When you keep that first. So King Nebuchadnezzar gave Daniel all the things that everybody else was working for because Daniel was staying focused on God. Here's the reality. When we stay focused, and I know all of you guys know this, it resonates in your heart. When you stay focused on God and not these other things, When you stay focused on God, he takes the things you need and throws them in. But when you focus on the things, you miss out on both. And so he elevates him. If you still have your pad of paper out, write down Psalms chapter 75, verse six and seven. Do you know what it says? It says, when you're looking for promotion in life, when you're, oh, this is so good. I could preach a message only on this. When you are in a season of life where you want to get out of this season, you say, look, uh, I've, I'm, I know I'm only going to have problems, but give me some different problems, my gosh. Are you with me? I want. I want. I need to be promoted out of this season. I want to be in a different season of life. If the Bible says this in Psalm seventy-five, verse six and seven. Don't look to the north. Don't look to the south. Don't look to the east. Don't look to the west. Don't look to Bobby, to Mary, to Susie, to Kenisha. Don't look to anybody, because God is the one who gives promotion. And so here, Daniel is receive, uh, Daniel's receiving gifts, and he's receiving promotion. Why? Because while all this was going on, he's saying, laser focus on God. We will always know what we're focused on by f- to watching what we're feeling. Our feeling tells us what we're focused on. So when we're stressed and full of anxiety and short-fused and a little bit angry and short-tempered, all that is an indication that we're focusing on this stuff. But when we're kind of laughing and lighthearted, all this is still here. But we're focused on God. It's just how it works. You can determine what you're focused on by just checking out your mood. Paul was in prison singing songs and laughing and cutting jokes. Here, pull my finger. All this stuff is going on. <laughs> All this stuff is going on because he's not focused on <laughs> He's not focused on the situation, he's focused on his God.